Welcome to the Digital Masters Growth Marketing Podcast for professional service providers, agencies, and consultants. We're going to be talking innovative strategy, tactics, and the tech tools that marketers are using in the trenches today. Made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let's get into it. All right, Doug, man. Hey, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. It's uh, it's finally good to be. Well, we actually talked before uh, once on uh, for a short call, but it's good to finally meet up. It's it's been interesting being on LinkedIn. There's there's so many people that I've met, and most of the people I think on the podcast so far, well, not everybody, but has come from LinkedIn. And um, I remember I saw one of your posts. I think it was on Eminem. You were uh, you you kind of stood out because you're using. Yeah. You, you use rap lyrics in your in your posts and maybe there's other people I don't know but you're the only one that I noticed that was doing that and I thought that was really cool and so I immediately reached out to you one way or the other and um, and that's kind of how we got connected so it's, it's pretty cool yeah I mean uh, you're not the only person who reached out to me said hey that was really cool what with uh, what you did with the rap lyrics and um, that was just me trying to get into people's brains and be interesting, capture attention. So yeah, and I've been following you for a few months before you reached out to me, and you always had very concise, tight, very out, under 60 seconds. You got to the point, it was meat and potato, no flop. And so I've always been following you from a distance, and then we started chatting, and then boom, we just comment on each other's post quite often. Yeah, no, that, I think that's what's cool about LinkedIn. And I think um, when I first got on LinkedIn, I think I was a little, uh, I, I wasn't quite aware enough to like, I should have, I, I didn't pay much attention um, as much as I should to uh, to other people, which I think was a big mistake. Cause like, I was so like focused on like trying to make content and stuff. I was like, I was in a box in a way. Um, and it was when I started reaching out and we, like, we got connected, I started kind of being a little bit more, uh, more mature and started, <laughs> started interacting more with people, which I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's like um, the platform is really to engage with people. And sometimes I think people can miss that perspective if they're just too focused on their own content. I, I think a lot of marketers on LinkedIn struggle with it because um, when we put out content on the other format, say blog, or email, or web copy, we don't get that immediate feedback. It's more of, we take the research we have, try to make a content out of it, put it out there, and then we measure the data. We really interact with people to drive traffic to our posts or to our DM. It's a very different type of marketing tool. And I don't like thinking of it as a marketing tool, it's really a social platform to discuss statements. So it's a huge learning curve for a lot of people. Yeah, man, it's been a big learning curve for me. I, I think um, I, I think one of the interesting things about it is that because you are looking for that immediate response and you get that immediate feedback, it's, it's like a little bit of a drug. And I think it kind of warps, it warps <laughs> your ability to make good content actually. And like, especially, I, I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of days, which is, um, you you also might see other people that are posting and they they're getting hundreds and hundreds of likes or something and you look at what they're posting and you're like it's not really that deep or profound or actually that helpful and um 
all of these things, it's like you, the best thing to do is to just produce what you think is good and what you think people want. And when you are, when people that you're trying to reach are, are giving you feedback, you can listen to that, but you kind of have to stay in your own lane or you can get really distracted by all the other things that are going on. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I can't tell you how many posts I've taken down completely. I've typed it up. I've added that. And it just gave me a really funny feeling that I wasn't being myself, that I was mm. really saying for likes and comments, really cheap tracks. I mean, to me, it's really not that hard, given my background in direct marketing, to get you to like something. I kind of know how to play the level to get more people to like something, but there's no depth. It's not a real piece of content that doesn't generate that doesn't generate good conversation that I want to be a part of. It just thumbs up, oh, that was awesome, finally, wow, fire emoji. I mean, that's finding game. Some people chase that, but for me, that's not really why I'm here. And it's, sometimes I have to pull myself back and really focus on why am I here? Make good connections with good people like yourself. Get some good news for my business. You know, I got to put a roof over my head. We grow. I learned a lot of good stuff on LinkedIn, more than I ever have in college. Like I can just hop on LinkedIn and spend the day on that, and I have a whole degree in business, right? So it's been fun, but it's definitely a drug, like you said. It's like yeah. crack. Why don't yeah. you take a hit of it? It's just, you just <laughs> got to get back for more. You've got to put away the pipe. Just focus <laughs> on what you're here for. And so that's, yeah, you said it best. Yeah, yeah, but you 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 mentioned a good point though. But like, I found myself doing that sometimes too, where it's like I'm just trying to get attention, but there. But at the same time, you do have to get attention. So like, you have to master that balance. It's like I need to get attention. Like I I purposely make banners on my videos and like like the first couple lines to grab attention. But you do have to follow through with with the information as well. Absolutely. There's nothing really wrong with the tension. I think you have to be more strategic about it. You know, you have to do it right. You have to do it smart. And that's why for me, email, emails for me do that if you do it right, because you captured the attention way before the email came into your, your inbox, right? Because the kind of emails I do, you have to sign up for them. Well, uh, so you have to get the attention way back here, and then they go to the landing page, fill out the email address thing, push okay, confirm that they're not a robot, confirm that they want to be a part of the mailing list, then you get on the email. So you, you have to do a lot of background to get to the email. So when you do have an email list, the attention is that. It's there when you're in the morning and you wake up, having your coffee, you open your email for the day. It's already there. So I understand how hard it is to get attention, but do it the right way to the point where the content works for you. I think people get that. They miss that part. Your content has to work for you. You can't be the slave to the content. The content is a tool yeah. that makes your business easier. Right. Yeah, so I was going to ask you that. Like, um, 
in terms of how you work with your clients, you write their emails for them, right? Like you, you structure the, the emails. Uh, like, do you also do the parts where you're trying to grab attention as well? Like trying to get them on the list or you've mostly focused on the email itself? Oh, well, I think most of the clients that I, that onboard me get a really hard lesson in real content marketing. I think they, they hire me initially to just bang out a couple of emails, put in a welcome sequence and do that. And then when they, when we do the onboarding meeting, quickly they find out that's not really going to get you any progress. If I just crank out a couple of emails for you and then go, because like I said, let me start from way back here, which is where are you going to start the funnel? So social media, what kind of content are you putting out there on social media that gets your people off of social media onto a landing page? Read the landing page, then get onto the email list, then go through the process of doing that. There's, that's a lot of steps to take to get onto an email list. So if I'm going to give you a package of emails, it's already not going to work if we don't start back here. So I ask them, well, where do you get most of your prospects? Where do most of your people come from? So they could say, oh, the website. So then we have to look at the web copy first and then work our way to what kind of emails are we going to write? Or if they say, I'm mostly on LinkedIn a lot. I get all of my leads from LinkedIn. I would like better ones or more engaged one. So, okay, then we have to work on your about me page and LinkedIn. We have to work on your strategy as far as the content strategy. So I work there first. So they get a little frustrated with that because they want results now. They want to move quickly. That's not how marketing works. Marketing slow. Marketing deliberate, well thought out, but slow. I don't, I don't mean that it takes months to create contact, I mean slow in that you have to do the basic step first. And then we talk about being up. So that's yeah. the first yeah. part of it. Yeah, that's cool. So um, like for myself, like I, I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. Um, where I'm actually getting most of my signups right now is, uh, and, and I would love your advice on how, because one, one of my strategies is I want to get more people on my list. But the main way I'm getting them on there now is, when they book a call with me, um, it, it will, I'll send their, uh, they'll do it through Calendly and I'll send them an, uh, an email that says, Hey, thanks for scheduling the call. Um, by the way, I have uh, every once in a while, I'll send out emails related to this, this, and this. If you, if you're interested, go ahead and click on that and you'll be subscribed and I won't send you anything otherwise. Um, so it gets them, I'm, I'm not auto subscribing them, but I do give them a chance in a, in an email to, to, and, quite, and I'd say probably 90% of the people click it. Um, but I want to start building other ways. Like, should I have like a subscribe, like in my posts? Should I have them like, like, how do I start thinking about that? Because I, I have a podcast. I, I have all these different things. I, I, but I, like, where do I start? So I, particularly for LinkedIn personalities, people who use LinkedIn as the main driver for these. I always tell the clients that I work with, well, you know, the goal is to get them off LinkedIn. And that's strange because people are a little, the only people I, I ever hear that are, again, getting 
people off of the social media platform are people who are social media marketers. So just put that out there. So I told people to get people off of LinkedIn. Not everyone is ready to schedule a call with you. Not everyone has the funds to schedule a call with you or the time or maybe your priority for your type of work is a couple of months later. So what are you going to do with them? Now, and I always bring up the fact that everybody complains about the algorithm, right? They complain that they're not getting the kind of engagement they want with their power because of the algo, blah, blah, blah. LinkedIn changes the rule. Like today, for instance, we just got LinkedIn stories. Now that changes the whole game, which is now becoming like Instagram. So now I have to thank for my clients. So, oh, there are people now going to start going up to the stories instead of reading the posts. The game changes. it. You have to think about that. Where are people going to hang out more? When I think about my Instagram viewing habit, they always, I always go to the stories first and I hang out there more than I hang out on post. But anyway, yeah. I tell almost all of my clients to shorten your posts on LinkedIn. Leave something in the tank. And say, if you want to hear more about this, not in a, not in a gosh way, but I'm going to go deeper in this subject. Hop on my subscriber list and check out the next email that's coming. We're going to go a little bit deeper with this topic because, as you know, you only have 1,200 characters if you make a written post. If you use video, you have less than 60 seconds to get people to pay attention, right? So. You need to shorten your contact just slightly. Leave something in the tank, something missing. Get them to hop on your email right, and finish the thought even deeper. You're not playing gotcha game because you're not selling in the email that's There's nothing to sell. You're just giving them better contact, deeper, richer, maybe a different point of view. People need that because you can't hang out on LinkedIn to get that kind of contact. So that's always been my number one advice is that Think about your content and make it juicy enough to get people off of that and finish your thought after the email without a welcome sequence. You don't need that. You just need to get them on the list and keep cranking content out. So that would, that's typically my number one tip. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should probably be more um, intentional about that. I, I, uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time just pumping out a lot of, you know, like, you know, value. I know that's kind of a loaded term, but like, and I think I've, I've, I've not done quite enough on that front is like trying to get people onto the, the newsletter. So that's going to be one of my new initiatives kind of going forward. And it's good that you brought up the, the Instagram or the, the LinkedIn stories too, because I know they kind of rolled that out a little while ago, but so they, they rolled that out for everybody now. So like, yeah, today. I just saw it for the first time today. And there's a whole bunch of people that I follow who already need their first story. And like I was saying, it's changing the game already. Even with the email game, it never changes. It's content. Yeah. It's not influenced by features, not influenced by algorithm, it's not influenced by how many people like it, let's push it out more into the network. That is the network. You open it, that is the network. The trick, not a trick, the Attention need to be focused on, okay, one, I need to make people 
comfortable with my email to the point where they know I'm not going to flood their inbox with promos and offers and upsell. It's simply another medium to get better content, not better, deeper content, a different kind of content that you cannot get on my social media platform. That allows my prospects to warm up even more, to get them ready to go the next step. Because I'm going to get, if I was going to be your client, that's not cheap. I don't think you cost 50 bucks. I think you cost money. Some people not, may not be ready to sell out that kind of money. It depends on your packages, right? I work with coaches who charge thousands of dollars a month, thousands. So it's kind of hard to get people to go from a pro to giving you the debit card that quick without yeah. more content to educate them, make them feel, make them feel like they can trust you, that you have more social proof, that you have the real solution to their problem. So that's why I think email is such a strong content tool. So yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I um, it's it's definitely going to be something I invest in a lot more, like, like, pretty immediately. So uh, it's just fu it's funny because you're like you're trying to do all these different things. And uh, there's so many different ways you're trying to reach people. And it's like, you only have so much time. And it, it's like, so go ahead. I mean, that's the number one thing. Uh, marketing today has become complicated, time consuming. And that's why I don't know if you've been following my recent post this week. I've had a theme this week talking about old time copywriter, old time advertising people and I really admire them because they had one shot to get you. Think about it, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have um, TV. They had a magazine. You open the magazine and you read a, a piece of copy. That was the only chance they were gonna get to convert you. And, oh, and direct mail. That was a big thing back in the day. Then we had one final, no, what we're talking about is you have a podcast, you have video, you have coaching, you have webinar, now you have email. Back in the old day, they didn't have that. Right. They just simply focused on one piece of copy and they had to convert you right then in that. The game changed so much. Now we've got LinkedIn story. That's another thing you have to worry about. So you have to, I always tell everybody that who I work with, you have two choices. Simplify your funnel, make it more simple for you and your people or hire people. Right. Hire people to maintain all these pieces of uh, distribution tools, right? So that's yeah. my thought on the subject. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the old school guys too. That's why I have these posters in the back because uh, not only do I think that they're cool posters, but it's like old school copy too. And I thought that was kind of like a like an interesting... Yeah. That's just uh, everything you need to know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's enough to get you to go to the Octo October first show right behind you. You kind of get it. It looks yeah. cool. You know. Yeah, I wish I could go right now. That would be fun. <laughs> um, so, so okay. So now, now we talked a little bit about the funnel, like how to get people into the list. So, like, now what's the strategy on like writing the emails? Like, how do you decide like how often to write? Because that's a that's one that I know people are always. Uh, worried about like i i'm always encouraging people to to build an email list too 
And usually people are like, oh, nobody likes emails. And I'm like, well, you got to rethink if you're delivering value to people, then people will like your emails. That's the, that's the trick, right? You just got to make sure it's good. But like, I mean, I actually, I remember you wrote a post a while ago, a couple months ago, and you said you should, like, if you could deliver an email every day, as long as it was valuable, it would probably be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people also said the flip side, do I have to post on LinkedIn every day? Yes, you should. You should try to post often. But wouldn't that annoy people? If you annoy people, it's two things. One, you're doing it wrong. Or two, they're not your people. So, you know, you can't make everybody happy. And I think people, particularly with emails, when they say, emailing every day is annoying, it's only because they're used to the wrong types of email. Right. You know, pe people who are using direct marketing tactics with email usually get the most unsubscribers. You know, so direct marketing is designed to make you take action today. Direct marketers don't care about next week, next month. They only want you after reading the email be under enough pressure to take the next step. Maybe because that price is gonna go away. Maybe because they're closing the course forever. Maybe it's because you just took a knife and stabbed their pain point to death, right? Something you, so, but direct marketers don't change tribes. They're not interested in tribes of people. They're not interested in the long run. They're interested in profit, revenue, Today, I'm not saying it's evil, it's just a tactic. So what right. they really say is subscribers every day. They push people into the email with these magnets, right? And they don't really care how long you stay on the email. They just want to make sure somebody buys today. If it's 1%, think about if you have a thousand people subscribing to your email list, and you charge $100 for a product, and 1% of that list convert, they've met their goal for the debt. They only need 1% of that list to buy something to that. That's why people have such a negative response to daily email. Now, when I write emails for my client, they know right away, I am not a direct marketer. Nowhere in my about page do I talk about immediate conversion. Nowhere do I talk about upsell and uh, scale tactic, urgency, none of that. I talk about value. I talk about entertainment, education, and story. And why do I do that? Because, again, I work with clients who charge high prices. People are not ready to buy. And emails are good for a very specific part of the buyer's journey. So you've got, we could talk all day about it, but you've got people at the very beginning, they're not aware of a solution. And they're not aware of their own problem. Email's not good for those type of people. Then you've got, on the other end of the spectrum, the, of the, they know the solution. They know the problem. They're just looking for the right fit. That's what social media is really got. What about the middle? More people uh, know they have a problem, not really sure what solution they want to take, don't really trust people because everybody's trying to sell them something, so they just want to read more content, check out some blogs, read some email. So emails are really good through the middle part of the buyer's journey. So 
when we work with clients, when I work with clients, it's really important that they understand very first, who's your target? And people, they, if they say, well, let's just say they sell skateboards, right? And they tell me, well, people who want to buy skateboards, that's too big of a target. What kind of skateboarders? Are they skateboarders, pro skateboarders, rookie skateboarders? Narrow down your target. Now you've got to figure out, okay, where are they in terms of the buying process? You're going to have to pro skateboarder. You know, you're going to have to pump a lot of content into them to convince them to move away from a brand that they're so used to into a new brand. Well, in the middle of the road skateboarder, they need a little bit more push and shove. They need more from you. They need to know you. Rookie just need to hop on social media and find a cool skateboarder like Tony Hawk and buy Hawkboard. Anybody who's ever skateboarded know Tony Hawk doesn't make the best skateboards. They're okay. Okay? So no offense to Tony Hawk. So once we've established target, market sophistication. Now, what about you? What do you sell? What oh, you sell skateboard? No, you don't. You don't sell skateboard. Skateboard, what specifically, what kind of an outcome do you sell for skateboarder? Oh, well, our boys, you know, they're flexible enough to pull up this trick and that trick. Okay, that's what you sell. The ability to pull up a specific trick. So they have to establish all of what I'm talking about before you type, I type a single email. So it really depends what you're selling. Typically, products, you use less email. With services, like your coaching services or uh, stars, uh, packages where you have to pay thousands of dollars per month to subscribe to a software program, right? They need content for that, right? So I have to think about all of this before I write a single email. Last point I will make, one email for the entire list, it's going to get you nowhere. You really have to get used to who's who in your life and where did they come from. So social media, you mentioned that when you get on a call with a prospect, you offer them the email, right? That needs to go into a separate email category with a separate content for them because you're pretty hot. You're pretty hot. Think about it. They talk to you. They're ready. Something missing in the bio process. Now, they don't need the email that you give to people who are not even sure what you do. That's two different emails going out at the same time. So for people who found you through your website, they're looking around, they see a little uh, landing page button, they sign up for email, that's because they're curious. Tell me a little bit more, I'm not really sure what you're doing. That's a different type of email. So you've got to identify where they're coming from, where they are in the process. Well, there's another email. The best kind of email are your current customers. How are you staying in contact with your current people or people who bought from you before? They, those are typically the people who are going to keep buying from you because you kept in touch. Maybe they need something, a different kind of coaching, so on and so forth. Your best customer is your current customer. Your best prospect is your current customer. So three different emails so far. So that's how I work with email. I really try to understand who's on the list, where they came from, where they are in the buyer's journey, 
And how ready are they to purchase your package, whatever you sell? So I had to know all of that before I start writing one email. Because one email is technically three emails to three posts of your list. So, so would you, um, hold on, there was a, so would you, if, would you go about it by writing one email and then kind of tailoring it differently to different people? Right. So, uh, if you're, if you're talking about one email for the whole list, or you're talking about one email per that, what's your question? Well, that's what I'm wondering is like, if, how would you go about thinking about that? Would you come up with one concept and rewrite the email to three different lists or would you just come up with different emails for different lists? Personally, because people pay me to write their email, I have the time to do it. I will come up with three different emails for the list segmentation. But if you want to do it yourself, I can understand if you repurpose your content. You don't have to keep writing three different emails every time you want to send an email out. You can repurpose your content and either shorten it, strengthen it, twist out keywords, things like that. Um, again, you really have to think about why are they reading your email and how have they been exposed to you before? So you've got to match that email to their journey, not your journey. Yeah, it's like a whole different ballgame in a lot of ways. Uh, I remember I had a couple people that signed up after they talked to me on LinkedIn and um, I sent out a couple of emails and I could tell like, I was kind of forcing myself to send out on a regular cadence, like just to do it. And uh, I sent out like one or two of them and they, and they just weren't really that good. You know, I could just tell they were kind of like, I just didn't put that much effort into it. And I saw a couple of the people that I had talked to on LinkedIn unsubscribe and I was like, oh man, I, I guess I lost that guy because I didn't, uh, you know, so. But I guess, you know, I, I don't have very many people on my list right now. So it's not like, I, I don't think I had like a statistical, like. Um, so I, I think email unsubscribers for the people who write them hurt more than people who unfollow you on LinkedIn. Because technically you can't see who unfollowed you on LinkedIn. You can see it in the email list. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who blocked me on LinkedIn, who's muted me or who's unfollowed me. We will never know. In many ways, that's better, right? Email, you get more real-time data depending on which, which service provider you use. We call them EPI, email platform software. So if you're using uh, monkeys, monkeys, my brain froze for a second, but if you use the AWeber, or if you're using ConvertKit, they go a little bit deeper into how long do they spend on your page, on the email. You can buy really high price packages where they tell you everything too. Which link did they click? And how long did they spend on the page? Most basic email platforms don't tell you that. But most people pick the free stuff. What if you're gonna pay for free stuff? You're not gonna get a lot of data on that. So I don't encourage you if you don't have a list of over a thousand people to get uh, a more expensive packet. So, yeah, what is, like on that note, like what is the best, like what do you think are the best platforms? That's one 
And this sounds so cliche. The best one is the one that you're able to learn the quicker and faster because each one of them are so different. And, you know, I was getting ready to write a post today about my favorite and not so favorite. And so I wrote it down. So let me pull it up because there's so many of them. So, uh, so my top three are A Weber, Active Campaign, and Burst Scent. And I tell people to avoid Convert Kent, Mailchimp, and Infusion Stock. The first three, the reason why I told you to do that, that I prefer that, you use your friend. Because you do not want this software program to be a headache for you to segment your lists. Because that's a headache for a lot of people to migrate your data. Also, as you get deeper into the packet, the first three give you more data to work with. The last three are complete garbage. If I've offended anyone, that's why my is, bad. Why use ConvertKit? So I gotta, I gotta any of those switch. Three, they're garbage. Yeah. Why well, use ConvertKit? So now I gotta, I gotta switch. <laughs> <laughs> I, somebody else said that the other day too. Like, I've had it on my um, on my list to um, to try out some other ones. But like like you said though, like once it's working, it's hard to like. You still got to spend a bunch of time to invest, and like, you know, you got to you got to weigh those things. So so tell me like so how how specifically do do you work with people? Like, what does the engagement look like? How do you start working with them? most people find me, well, I have three ways that I get my client. The first way is my outbound strategy, my inbound strategy, I'm sorry, which is LinkedIn. So most of my leads from LinkedIn come from my post. I don't pitch to anybody. I've never sold a single product. I don't have a free webinar that you can join. I don't have any of that. I post almost every day, except for today. And I comment hardcore. I comment a lot, maybe 50 comments a day on other people. And I get a lot of traction from that. But I also have um, outbound strategy, cold email and direct mail. I write letters oh, to really? certain cool. business owners. And I've always been able to maintain at least three to four clients per month. I'm, a, I'm only one guy. I only work with three to four people per month. So if I'm overloaded, I told them maybe next month. You know, I'm, I'm never in a place where I'm desperate for clients. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Because I like to work with good people. I like to be able to say no. It's a good feeling when you say no to projects. Yeah. So LinkedIn's been good for me. That's cool. Yeah, and I, I, we talked about the cold email a while back. And I thought you mentioned like an interesting strategy. You would sign up for their their list, right? And then you would consume what they were doing. And then when you actually reached out, you would have something interesting to say, right? Yeah, I think most people trash cold outreach. It doesn't matter if you're talking about the phone, writing a letter or email, they trash it because nobody does research. I do the research. so. For me, I get on the email list, and if I have to wait a couple of days to get my first email, you're not the client I want to work with. It means you're not using your list at all. 
I don't want to spend my time on my sales call convincing you to do something that you don't believe in. It's not a good use of my time. If I sign up for your email and I get a welcome sequence and I can see it play out throughout the week, then I have something to work with. And I can tell whether you've segmented me to this file or this file. I can tell if you're doing that appropriately. And if I notice you're not, you're the person I want to work with because I know you're using it. I know either you're writing it or somebody else is writing it, but you could do even better than what you're doing right now. Here's a strategy that I came up with you. Here's an example of my copy based on your email. Here you go, it's yours. If you want to talk about this, here's my text number. Text me and we'll get to talking. I only send out 30 of those emails a month because it takes me time. I have to get on the email that, I have to wait for the email, I have to come up with something. So I don't guess, I don't guess with my code outreach, I know who's doing a good job, who does it use it at all, and who could do better. It's those who are, who could do better category that I go after. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I think a lot of people on LinkedIn, especially they always are bashing cold outreach. And um, that's where I think on LinkedIn, you have to be careful about what advice you take because like cold outreach can teach you a lot about your marketing and your strategies and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I, I think that's a pretty cool approach. And I think people that do it that way are the ones that actually have some success trying to do it. I think people who, like you said, people who criticize cold outreach really don't understand that cold outreach, you have to be the best fundamental marketer, right? So I'll give you a basketball analogy. So if you're gonna create a basketball player, what should you do first? Teach them how to dribble, get used to the ball. Most basketball coaches teach you how to shoot. That's all they care about. They want these sweet shots. But to be a really good basketball player, you fundamentally have to be good with the ball. You have to learn how to dribble with both hands, with your eyes closed, do it behind your back. Get really used to that. But most people jump in the market and only worrying about taking the best shot, right? Basketball starts with being comfortable with the ball in hand. Cold outreach at all about fundamental marketing. Who's my target? What is the real problem? Not a made up problem. What's the real problem they're having? And how can I present my solution to their problem in such a way that they, hey, this guy understands me. Yeah. That's fundamental stuff. That takes time. Yeah, and I think it, like if you can do it successfully, I think it teaches you a lot about your approach and, uh... So I think it's a pretty interesting, a pretty interesting thing to get involved with. So then, um, so how do people get a hold of you? So they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I'm mostly active. So hop on my LinkedIn, type Doug Lawson email. Hopefully Google, I mean, hopefully LinkedIn likes me or not that they put me on top of that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll link to your stuff as well in the, in the show notes. But. <laughs> well, cool, man. Hey, so, um, I really appreciate you coming on here today. It's been an honor to, to hear a little bit more about you and like how you go about doing your, your, your thing. And um, again, I've always appreciated the way, you, the way you do things. So it's an honor to have you on here, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate that.